0: Of Almost Better Than Silence. Today we have a guest, one of the founders, I believe, of Triangle Studios, who developed me and Doug's new addiction. It came from space and ate our brains.
1: Yep, we have Remco DeRoy. I'm so grateful to have you on
2: the show today. Of course, happy to be here.
0: I was playing the game just minutes ago, and I was so close, so very close to beating Block City on Insane. <laughs> And I died, I believe, at the last possible wave. Did it and take you a I, long time? I am furious right now. <laughs> <laughs> my I'm so sorry to hear there. My... <laughs> it- me
1: and Brent have had like quite a relationship with this game. We uh we were playing uh multiplayer online and I think we were playing the first level at the time on insane and yeah, we probably made it to like wave six. There's probably one enemy or two enemies left and then we
2: died. It was it was it was heartbreaking. <laughs> That's crazy guys. <laughs> I I do have to say, uh, the most uh, successful games of Insane have probably been four-player matches so far. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I
0: was curious about that. With the multiplayer, does the difficulty uh, scale to the number of players in the game? Or is it the same level of difficulty no matter how many people are there?
2: No, it, it actually scales a bit, but mostly in terms of uh, the amount of enemies. We also, uh, because in ter- when you scale up to difficulty, we change the uh, uh, the health and the speed of the enemies. Um, if you play with more people, we're just increasing the amount of enemies. Uh, but it just feels like if you're if you're playing with four people at the same time, it's like there's this hive mind going on of where the aliens are coming from and how to defend from it, so it's like much more effective than two players.
1: That makes sense. Um, Well, speaking of the game, you guys have quite a bunch of games under your belt at uh, Triangle Studios. First of all, which is your favorite game that you've worked on out of the ones you have
2: available? Well, I have a a big uh, love-hate relationship with one of the games. It's actually an, an unreleased title. It's called Cross of the Dutchman, and it's it's one of those games that has been in development for a very, very long time. And we are just finishing it off, uh, as actually uh, within the next couple of uh, weeks. Um, so I really want to get that game out there. I actually from space for me was a, was a really nice break away from, from Cross of the Dutchman and from, uh, the, the work for hire commercial projects that we usually do.
0: You've been working on Cross of the Dutchman for six years, uh, six years now, right?
2: Yeah. And I mean, during those years, I mean, uh, we have uh, primarily a work for hire team. So we, we have a couple of people on the, on the team and we, uh, we do work for hire projects to, uh, to keep them all on board and keep the studio running. So, um, even though Cross of the Dutchman has been going on and off for about six years, uh, it's been, um, Four or four different iterations, major iterations of the game that we've been working on, and going back and saying, "Okay, this is, this won't do," so we have to do it again. And uh, it's kind of this project where um, you're 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 more worried about getting the game right than worried about the financials of it all, because I really don't want to think about that at the, at this time.
0: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, you were actually uh, donated quite a bit of money from uh, Nordwest... Northwest. Uh, this sorry.
2: <laughs> oh right, it's, uh, from the uh, from the it's actually a province, so it's what I, what you would count uh, call a county in the in the United States. Oh wow! Um, and it's because uh, the the character that we base that game off, or the idea for that game, is a real historical character. Um, the cool thing is that actually the events uh, around that character took place 500 years ago this year, so we really need to get that game out there. Uh, cool. <laughs> awesome.
0: Are you worried about making like a historically sort of accurate game? I know Assassin's Creed has uh, done it with the first few games and they've really tried to get the history exactly right because you can go back and look up the information and see how factual the game really is. Right. Are you worried anyone's going to call you out on certain facts or accuracy?
2: No, actually that's, that's part of the fun for this project. I mean, this, this all took place in the 16th century and, um, I mean, uh, some of some of history is much more uh much better documented than than the story about the the character from cross of the dutchman so what we have is shards of history and actually most of it is what people think they know is actually true uh but we've done a lot of research going into the character going into the uh, the battles that took place and who fought against who and who was the bad guy and who wasn't and I mean, it was a, a whole, it took a whole lot of time to really get to the bottom of that. And even now there are still people who are adding information to that. But we want to tell the, uh, the, the story about the character and it's, and his involvement in what was going on in the country at that time. Um, so we, we get to play around with the character more than we want to mess with the actual history. We don't want to come up with battles that never took place or events that are completely made up. Uh, but we do want to make it interesting. So we, we do, uh, I mean, the, the, the story around the character, he has almost mythical powers where he is like seven foot tall and has the strength of an ox. And of course, uh, that's not actually the case. Neither was, uh, uh Altair climbing all these buildings and, and stuff like that. So that's the kind of, uh, the, the magic sauce that we want to, that we want to add to the mix, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw in the trailer, it goes from, him living his life as the farmer with a clean cut beard and short hair and then his family gets attacked and he just goes rage mode and grows the beard instant beard and yep. long hair
2: yeah that's part of it <laughs> i mean uh, uh and I, I mean the 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 game that we that we set off uh developing uh all those years ago i mean what we what we're doing right now is we created the uh, uh the first of 3 episodes because we really needed to cut it down after a while uh because the amount of content that we wanted to create was just so incredibly big. Um, so what we what we're ending up with is about a, a four to five hour adventure game that we really like to uh, to play and we had a lot of fun building. So uh, now I guess the next step is just making sure the entire world is able to uh, to play it and to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, do you guys have a tentative
2: release date or is it still too early to tell? Well actually what we're trying to do is is find uh, some partners who we can get this game to market with. Uh, because uh, when we're when we're marketing a game like From Space, it's a it's a multiplayer game. It always uh, it's almost markets itself because I mean when you see some some of your friends playing this game, you want to join in on a multiplayer match, and before you know it, you're tempted to to buy the game. Um, with an adventure game, you need to convince people about the characters, about the stories way in advance. So we're not entirely sure if this is something that we should do all on our own. So. Uh, we've been shopping the game around for, for a couple of months now and trying to find a partner, uh, who is able to, to do us, uh, to help us out with this, um, on a worldwide scale. Because, I mean, we found some partners who are able to do the U S, who are able to do, uh, uh, European support. But I mean, we're, we're still looking out for, for someone who is able to, uh, to take us as, uh, really to the next level and, and, and cater to the entire world
1: oh interesting yeah i I bet that's kind of harder to find than one would imagine
2: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think so i mean it's 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 an adventure game uh not a lot of publishers are are that keen on on going with an adventure game, especially not something that is uh like an experience, but I guess uh, uh there's there's still some games out there who you wanna who you just need to play once, and if you've experienced it, then they, you can carry that with you uh, for a long time. Uh, this is not a game that you want to play for five or six times, uh, in a row, for instance. Maybe something that you want to get back to every now and then and see, uh, what it was like or refresh your memory. Uh, but it's, I mean, nowadays publishers are really, really keen on endless, uh, gameplay experience. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a challenge to, uh, to find the right partner for that project.
0: Um, you talked about the, um, uh, marketing for, uh, from space and I noticed I, I never heard much about it. I heard it, about it from Doug. But right on the menu screen, you have a quote from Jim Sterling, the video game reviewer.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, did you just send it, the game out to the right people and hoped, uh, whoever you needed to got a hand on it and just, you know, would promote it uh, to their fans like Jim?
2: Yeah, actually. So, um, we sent uh, out uh, keys to a whole lot of YouTubers out there and Jim was one of them. And we were fortunate enough for him to, to pick it up because he was, I mean, he was generating uh, a, a lot of views the day the, the videos, uh, uh, the video went, uh, went live. And I mean, even though during the video, he sounded like he was really out of it. And I guess a lot of commenters were also picking up on that. Uh, it was kind of fun that usually he really, he's really hating on a game and, and, uh, uh, calling it, uh, calling it a shitty game or whatever. And I guess he didn't do it as much with From Space. And, <laughs> and people, people noticed that. So it was kind of positive. And, uh, I guess one of, uh, one of the comments even said, uh, 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 the quote that I put in the game, I, I can't recall it right now, but it was like, uh, uh, I can uh, I can say that this is not a real shitty game or something. So you thought that was fun and just uh, decided to put it in the game as a quote. It made me laugh. <laughs> oh so I uh, yeah I I guess to uh, to answer your question. I mean we we just sent it out but we didn't expect them to respond and there's a so actually this is the first game that we are distributing through Steam. So there's a lot of people there that are asking us for for review keys and we actually noticed that there is a whole bunch of scammers out there. Um so, especially for major YouTube channels, you get an, an email. And you think, "Wow, this guy is really popular," but then you start to check out his email address, and it's like, "Oh, this is just some guy who's trying to scam this uh, this YouTuber." So uh, then we send an extra email to the to the YouTube uh, channel owner, making making sure they know that other people are using their name in the, uh, to to the disadvantage. And uh, I mean, maybe they uh, they can do something about it, but I guess it's pretty difficult.
0: I can say at least from our experience and if you want to read from us, I would say it's like digital crack cocaine because it is very addictive and you can just jump in and just waste hours playing it. Like you can just lose track of time. Oh, yeah. That's very
2: good to hear
1: yeah i i have two jobs so and the thing is like i want to take like a little time my, of my day to play this game and then like before i know it it's like my whole day is gone and i'm like oh shit <laughs> but no it's it's super fun I, and i'm really glad you guys went with the whole publishing to steam and stuff what out of the games you've created which has been the most successful would you say would you say it's it came from space or not necessarily
2: no, I mean we've had some uh, uh, some games that we built for our clients that were they were really successful I mean last year we launched a game called Robo Dance Party which was uh, it, it came out for iOS uh it was featured by Apple and Google and drew a whole bunch of players to to the game in in no time uh so that was a really nice project um we've had uh, successes before where we built a dancing game that involved uh, uh, uh some some endorsements from people like Jennifer Lopez. I mean those were those were awesome games, but I guess uh, games like from space are really much closer to our hearts. So it's it's fun to see a game like that out there and finally focus on something that we uh, both enjoy making and playing. Although yeah. I, I do have to say most of the games that we make for our clients are, are very enjoyable as well. It's just necessary something that, I mean it came from space was really something that came came from the hearts of everybody at Triangle Studios.
1: Yeah, you can, you can notice that as you play. It seems like the people who were creating it, it's like me and Brent said, it's so damn addicting and stuff. It's, it's exactly what most gamers want. And it's, it's just sort of such a cool blend of different styles and gameplay elements. It's, it's just, it's an all around awesome game. Um, as far as the whole development process, do you mind talking about maybe some of, the technical background, but behind it all, like say, like what programming languages were used, uh, integrated development environments and such.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll try to do as as much as I can. I'm actually not one of the programmers on the team, so I hope I don't get scolded when I get back into the office. But uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try. Actually, one of the things that is um, that was important to me is the way that we that we developed the game that we that we came up with the development for the game. Uh, because it's already, I guess, uh, more than a year ago, where we created a prototype for From Space, and uh, we did it during a game jam. So the original prototype just took us a couple of days to develop with the entire team, and uh, we put it out on a, a couple of uh, gaming portals, uh, GameJolt.com, um, for instance. And uh, just to, uh, we didn't do any th- any marketing for it. We just built the prototype and put it out there to see what people, uh, if people liked it or not. And we got a hugely positive response. A lot of people kept coming back to the game, kept playing the game. And that is when we knew, okay, now we've got something to work with. Because um, when you compare a development project like that to CrossFit of Dutchman, where basically we think it's a good idea, but we have to build the entire game and then start to convince it to other people. Uh, whereas with From Space, we, we build a prototype in a very short amount of time, got an idea for what is it, that people like from it, and then start to develop it on the actual game and do it right uh, uh, when you when you build the game itself. So, for instance, the prototype was, uh, was a single-player game, and uh, we knew that uh, multiplayer is a must-have for, the, uh, for, for when we wanted to release it on Steam.
1: That makes sense, yeah. What were some of the major pitfalls that you encountered during the development process? I know you weren't necessarily behind the coding of it all, but the, I'm sure a lot of people were coming to you with issues.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, something, uh, actually one of the most important things during the original development cycle is everything is built in such a short amount of time that when you're done and you're tempted to, add, uh, to, to start adding features or maybe making little tweaks, you're constantly faced with, Oh man, this is just built to work in one way and one way only. So when we, when we finished the prototype, we, we knew that if we wanted to do anything else, we needed to start all over again. Um, having said that, I mean, when we started building the game and we actually started, um, January 4th of this year. So the entire game was actually built in less than eight weeks. Oh my Uh, gosh.
1: That is, that is a huge feat in and of itself. I feel like you guys
2: should (laughs) have that like advertised. Well, we, uh, I mean, the the reason uh, uh we wanted to keep it a very controlled development schedule and we uh we were successful in in doing that uh mainly because we had other work lined up so uh, we knew that okay we need if we need if we're going to do this we need to do this within within 8 weeks and then i mean this was a uh, uh, pre beta of course so uh, we did the development, then we went into beta. And then of course we had to fix a lot of stuff and we had to, uh, uh, tweak some, some things. But the, the core of the development cycle was eight weeks and we wanted to make sure that there were no components that we hadn't done before. So that was, I guess, one of the most important things. And, uh, you guys have probably noticed we built the game using Unity as, as a lot of developers do right now. And, uh, one of the things that we've learned is just make sure that you take a look at the asset store before you start building something yourself because there are so many helpful tools out there that you can just pick up for just a couple of bucks and um simple tools that that help us with uh with controls or that help us with uh uh, uh with effects or maybe with multiplayer elements um before we do anything we just uh, check out the uh, the asset store because I mean even if if one of my programmers has to spend half a day working on something uh it's we're probably better off just buying something for 30 bucks and uh, and be and be done with it. So uh for all of the components that we had in mind for From Space we had some experience with previous projects so we uh, right from the get go we could start focusing on building the game itself and not having to worry about all of the logistics or all of the how do we deal with having multiple levels in there what if we want to add uh, levels later on or where do we want to add weapons or characters or skins or whatever i mean this, this th- those were all things that we that we had experience with so uh, we knew which direction to take right from the get-go
1: nice and yeah it it makes sense to not try and reinvent the wheel is what my boss likes to say uh if it's already out yeah, there exactly yeah you're better off um yeah just not wasting the time <laughs>
2: I guess there's a very good and healthy uh, economy going on the, on the asset store right now. And I guess, I mean, we, we do most of our projects in in Unity, so we don't have a lot of experience with other game engines. Uh, but we've put out a couple of tools ourselves and we noticed that other developers are buying them and wanting to use them in their, in their game. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to be able to, uh, sometimes help another developer by purchasing, uh, 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 um, an asset or, uh, or, or maybe a plugin and sometimes give something back because you're, you're, you're offering a bundle yourself. Sure.
0: Now, I'm curious. You said that you guys enjoy playing this game. Before you release a map, do you play every single level on insane mode to see if it's even possible to win? Yeah. Or is of that course. more up to the players? Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, we have, uh, this is actually, uh, we had an intern, uh, the past six months. So he's, he's, uh, I think he's graduating right now, but, uh, he built a, a very cool, uh, analytics tool. Uh, it's actually a 3D heat map that we use during the, during the beta. Um, so when we have a new, uh, map, we, uh, reset the tool, just have everybody play it. And then after a couple of days, we start to gather information, uh, uh, and put it into a heat map so we know where people get killed, uh, if there's any uh, aliens uh, getting stuck, or maybe uh, clogging up in certain alley, alleyways or on certain points in the map. And, I mean, by studying this you also get to know the map really well and uh, you start to develop some ideas for how you should move if you're alone or if you're with multiple people or what is like a, a perfect killing zone or what kind of weapons you should use. So. It's kind of fun to play with those variables and come up with your own tactics on how to approach each level the best.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting analytics tool, the heat map. That's that's awesome way to track that.
2: I mean, there's uh there's other tools that uh that offer something similar, but we never uh, we didn't we were not able to find something uh that really works for 3D environments. So this is one of those occasions where we thought, okay, hey, if we if we have the ability and then of course we had this great intern who was able to work on that for a couple of months, let's just develop the tool and see if we can fit it in. And it was actually a great help during the beta from space. So yeah, that, uh, that helped out a great deal.
0: Now, is there any one weapon that you guys particularly prefer over the other, or do you think they all
2: have their pros and cons? Um, I guess it's, uh, there's a lot of personal preference going on. I mean, uh, in the beginning or during the beta even we had um we had not balanced the rocket launcher which made it incredibly overpowered uh um, <laughs> so I, I guess what we're uh, what's uh, what's happening right now if you fire a rocket and if there's five enemies then the entire damage is being divided over those five enemies okay. that wasn't no. being done so basically if you had a group of 50 enemies it would kill them all in one go <laughs> um so of course that didn't work uh, shotgun was also really overpowered in the beginning, but it was a, I mean, it's, it's, I kind of like the shotgun because you can get the enemies really close and just shred them all in the, in a, co- in a couple of shots. Um, but I also find myself often just leveling the pistol first and then picking what weapon I want to go with because, uh, just going with the pistol for, for, for the first couple of rounds, especially if you play on, uh, on, on hard or insane, that's, uh, I mean, it's just fun being able to, uh, to dodge some of the enemy attacks just by moving around them and trying to go as close as possible without getting hit. That's the, that's the kind, I mean, but I play my shooters that way as well. I don't really think about what I'm doing. I just select a shotgun and try to get up close.
0: Well, up close, you must be a better player than I am. Because <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've sort of taken to the laser rifle. That way I can get the Final one, and it's just a solid beam, and I can shoot across half the map and keep them
2: far away as possible. Yeah, that actually. That's really satisfying, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's been, it's been growing on me, that weapon particularly, because I find that you can just, yeah, melt these guys at a pretty far distance, which is pretty handy. But yeah, with the shotgun, it's, you kind of have to really time it right, because if they're really bum rushing you, you're never going to (laughs) last.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, from space for me is the type of game um, I mean, I've been, for the last couple of years, I've been playing a whole lot of Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. And I've, I'm always playing it with uh, with my cousin. It's, and it's it's right up to a point where we're just reviewing each other's days while we were playing a match. So even though we're playing platinum games, it's like, oh, yeah, what have you been doing today? And uh, this is going on at the office and that is going on at the office. And from space, it's like a similar game where you're getting used to a difficulty and then you start, you, but you just keep game, You just keep playing. You, oh, let's do another map. Let's do another twenty minutes. Let's do another hour. So, I mean, I, I really like when you when you're able to get into that groove and and just keep going for a while. Have you? ever played
1: on insane and then went to easy because it's quite <laughs> it's like almost it's really funny how drastic the differences are because i remember i was playing on insane just because that's like the kind of gamer i am and then i went back to medium just to complete a level and meet it literally felt like there was no enemies just because i'm so used to like the, the massive swarms
2: <laughs> right yeah it actually so i think that we put easy in there because um if people are i mean the, the thing is, when you're developing these games, you're, uh, you're getting very good at them at some point. So what is, what is doable for me is, is basically impossible for others. Um, so we knew that even, even before we had medium, we needed to have a difficulty for players who are just maybe unfamiliar with playing these type of games or not able to, to handle a controller. I mean, this, this maybe sounds, it, it sounds weird, but there's still a lot of people who, uh, don't have a lot of uh, have very good hand-eye coordination so they still want to be able to enjoy themselves or maybe enjoy the game but they won't be able to enjoy it on a higher difficulty so easy is just it's very easy it's maybe it should be called kids mode or something because <laughs> and I'm, maybe not even kids mode because i mean there's a lot of kick-ass kids out there who can play games on the in the highest difficulty levels but i mean we wanted to have a really entry-level uh, uh, gameplay mode, and, uh, and I guess easy mode is that. But, I mean, I, I enjoy the game from, from high difficulty and on insane. That's definitely what I recommend playing everybody.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah. I've, oh, go ahead, Bren. I
0: was going to say, I've heard with a few other game developers, they say they actually build the game on the highest difficulty setting, and then every other mode is just scaled down. But like the hardest mode is the true game mode that they built it on.
2: Yeah, I mean, right before release, I was actually saying to the guys, maybe we should make hard the default game mode. So when you click single player and you just want to click, you want to start playing right away, maybe we should just have hard as, as a default selection. But I guess we didn't, we, we ended up not, not doing that because we didn't want to scare people off too much because <laughs> we didn't, we didn't know how far our own skills had progressed by then. Uh, and even the, the people who joined us in the beta, they, they, I mean, they came back to the game a couple of times, even the people that we, uh that we didn't know personally. Um, and uh, so, so we thought, okay, these people are trying to, are already getting better and better. So we don't want to overestimate the target audience and, 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 and make it too difficult right from the start.
0: I know a few games I've done that. And it does, without realizing the difficulties on a higher setting, it'll make the, Players initially better because they have, they're used, they think that's the normal setting. So they're used to all that fighting. Right. But I do know a lot of games that it's a deterrent and it kind of scares a lot of new players off. So I think that might have been the uh, smart move.
2: Yeah. Definitely. I guess some of the, one of the thing that we, that we, that we're currently leaving out that we might want to improve on in the future is uh, uh, that you're not able to see the difficulty level for a server that you're about to join. So. If you're if you're kind of a if you're a player that wants to play on medium and, and if you're joining a a server that's playing on insane, I mean that can be quite a quite a shock. So we we might need to add that with a future update. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, as far as your team goes, uh, this is Triangle Studios we're talking about. How how many uh programmers and designers and like how big is your team and do you delegate those people to work on different game projects at a time or are they all collectively working on one thing and trying to complete it.
2: Right. So, uh Triangle Studios is currently with uh four programmers, uh a 2D artist, 3D artist, an animator, and art director, and then uh designer and a producer and myself. Um and our uh our producer is also uh the the, the composer. So he also makes the music for the the music for the games. Okay. Um our, uh, so we use uh, Agile development as a lot of teams do. And uh, we noticed that we need to focus the team as much as possible to a single project. So we try to dedicate people on a, on a weekly basis. So uh, if we engage them with the project, we want to make sure that they keep working on that for at least a week. Uh, so even if we have a couple of projects that are in maintenance mode, so we need to do some live management or some updates, uh we want to make sure that they that they are able to keep working on that game for at least a week otherwise we notice that uh, productivity is going down uh people uh are not able to get the most out of the things that they uh, that they build um so that's kind of our philosophy and sometimes that's difficult especially since you if you don't have a lot of big things to work on uh you need to pick up some of the smaller projects then then it's like oh a couple of days working on this and a couple of days working on that um, in the example of, uh, um, of from space, we had the entire team working on it for the, for the uh, two month period, with the exception of, um, uh, myself and one of the programmers. I was during that time mainly involved with, uh, uh, some of the finishing work for, for Cross of the Dutchman. So I guess you could say we were doing two, two projects at the same time, but I mean, everybody is, it's, it's one working area. So everybody knows what everybody's doing. So it's, it's a really uh, close knit team. So to say. Cool. Awesome. Okay.
0: I know you guys have a branch office in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, You guys opened, I think five years ago this year.
2: Yeah, correct. Um, So I guess uh, we were uh, in 2008, we were discussing some future plans and, and ideas on how we were going to conquer the world. And, um, where we are from in the Netherlands, uh, there's not a lot of big opportunities, uh, available. Uh, I guess, uh, and, uh, I would say, uh, I guess an average sized American game development team is probably somewhere between 25 and 50 people. Would you agree?
1: Um, it's hard to say. It depends on like, uh, for most indie teams, I wouldn't say it's like that, but yeah, for larger uh more established uh game companies i could
2: easily see it being that or larger right so i, I guess in the, in the netherlands it's it's probably between uh 10 and 20 people so I, I guess a little bit smaller and uh we already were noticing that we were getting uh, that it was much more easy for us to get new clientele new projects from uh, the united states and especially when we opened the us branch so, uh, in the beginning, we also had employees there. So we had a couple of developers. We had a couple of artists. We had our own office. And nowadays it's more of a, it's more of a sales office. So it's like our foothold in the American market. And I go there, uh, every other month or so to, uh, meet up with the clients again, uh, talk about new things and upcoming things. So, um, but I mean, it's, uh, there's a, there's a big difference between hiring people in Europe and especially the Netherlands compared to the United States and especially Texas where we're based. Um, so, I mean, for us, it's much easier to scale up very quickly if we need to in the U.S. I mean, um, the area, the Dallas Fort Worth area where we're located alone is like, I think it's like six or seven million people live there. Uh, whereas the entire country in the Netherlands is 16 million people. So, um, there, I mean, the the sample size and the, the amount of people that you're able to draw into a game is just so much uh, so much bigger in the in the United States. So it's one of the one of the big reasons for us to uh, to have an office over there. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Is it strange having a foothold in Texas? Because I know uh, from outside of the U.S., uh, the stereotypical American is usually seen as the Texan uh, cowboy. <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not that bad really. Actually, a lot of people are very welcoming. Uh we met some uh, some great people at the universities. Uh we were when we got there, we invited ourselves over to teams like uh Robot Entertainment. Uh, um uh what was it? The guys who did the Words with friends uh, uh game. They were very welcoming. Um even, even people, people at its software. Uh, I mean, we just, uh, sent them a message and they said, Hey, yeah, if you're neighbors, uh, if you're in the area, just come over and uh, meet up with the team. So oh, wow. that was just a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, actually, so for us, Dallas is also pretty close to Austin and Austin is like buzzing with all kinds of technology right now. I mean, uh, uh, even, uh, bigger, bigger social media companies, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Google has a huge office down there. So, there's, there's a lot of activity and, and I guess even people in, in Europe, they recognize that a lot more than like the stereotypical, um, this is what Texas is all about that maybe Americans think about when they hear Texas. So, I mean, most people know Texas by South by Southwest, for instance. I guess in the Netherlands, that's, that's like the, the thing that, that they know Texas of.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, if that's, if that's what's representing Texas now, I'm happy with that as opposed to what it used to be. Yeah, you could register it. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. South, Southwest is pretty awesome. So that's a good, <laughs> good representation.
0: <laughs> now I'm curious, uh, maybe while you're developing or even after the game was finished, did you ever name the main character in, uh, from
2: space? Yeah. I think we called him Jerry. Uh, <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. I don't know where Jerry came from. I think that in, in the very first prototype, it was the idea that Jerry was a news reporter for whatever reason, and <laughs> uh, I think his news helicopter crashed, and he uh, he just happened to find himself in an in a zombie in alien infested, a city. But I guess somehow somewhere along the way that story really got lost because it was all about just about shooting these aliens. So. Maybe we should rework the story back into the game, but uh, I think yeah, he was called Jerry. I'm I'm sure.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing those little tidbits that you don't really find out about.
2: <laughs> yeah, from the
0: outfit, I always assumed he was like a sheriff or something, and that's why the uh, police drone was flying around, yeah, dropping so, off the. Upgrades. So the the
2: drone was actually uh, not in the in the, in the prototype. So in the, in the prototype, we had a police van uh, that was used as an upgrade station. So each map had a had a van where you need to uh you had to walk up there and then you had to purchase your upgrades um but in the end it was like people were constantly camping around the van uh so we came up with the police drone that was just dropping some up the uh, upgrades so you have to really explore the area and 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 find the weapon upgrades or find the health upgrades if you're in the, in the later waves of course and we just moved the the entire upgrade section to to a menu because in the end, the, the, the van was just a, a manual, but that was linked to, a, to just this single location on the map. So in the end, it didn't really make sense anymore. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, the, the fact that it is a police drone is just because the, uh, the van has sirens on it as well in the, in the prototype. Gotcha.
1: (laughs) Oh, I, I finally, I just thought of something that I know Bren is going to be glad that I brought up. We have an idea for you guys if you want to do something in a future update. It's totally cool if you're not into it, but it's just for people like me and Bren who suck at the game. Um, it, once, like we, me and Bren personally like the machine gun. So we waste all of the money that we get on upgrading to the final machine gun upgrade and just kind of sitting there. So then after that point, any money that we earn is kind of, uh, useless because we're not necessarily Uh investing in the other weapons what do you think about the possibility of using that money to be able to buy a singular health pack or something because i'm running around these maps with one health and just like frantically using every upgrade i can find and getting all the money i can but just like hoping to god i'll find a health upgrade is that is that would that make the game too easy or what are your thoughts on that
2: well um Maybe not health, but we, uh, we are thinking about, uh, uh, about other upgrades that are consumable. So for instance, we, uh, we, uh, during the prototype, we experienced with like a force field that you can get around yourself that makes you invulnerable for a short amount of time or even a searchlight that we're just uh, swirling around the map and destroying all the aliens that, uh, that hit the searchlights. Um, and for this version, we also experienced, and I, I, have seen it uh, being tested, uh, uh a sentry gun so a turret that you actually place and it would work for maybe a minute and uh, and just help you shoot off some uh, shoot uh shoot some of the aliens and uh, make it a little bit easier for you so that could be a nice way to spend your money because that would be something that you just use as a consumable you place it there and then uh you have to shoot more aliens to get more cash
1: oh that so sounds actually that, that sounds- might be something yeah, that sounds amazing. I would love if you guys implement something like that, because I am the kind of person that plays one player on Insane, and it is literally insane. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I that's why I've been kind of be crazy. That's why I've been kind of switching to the laser gun more, because it's able to uh, shoot through the other enemies, and when I have a wave of them just kind of coming at me single file, I'm able to take out seven at a time, as opposed to the machine gun, where you got to wait for the front one.
2: Yeah, I, I think the guys in the office are are now leaning more towards the plasma gun same uh, because it it seems like the best uh, way to control the crowd in like a corridor. So if you have a very narrow uh, area where all the aliens need to congregate and you use the plasma gun or on like a short uh, short range, you get like the uh, the most effective uh, in in terms of what you hit and how much damage you do.
0: Now, I'm curious uh, specifically about the aliens that teleport. Uh-huh what triggers them teleporting is it when the uh when the crosshairs on them when the weapon's fired or is it just like a timed interval where they just teleport every so often
2: i i i think it might be uh it might i actually don't know for sure but i think it's something that has to do with the direction that you're looking into as well as uh a timing interval i don't know i don't think it's something with your uh where you're about to shoot or if if you've just shot uh, and it also has a cooldown time, of course. Uh, uh, also with the dodging aliens that just go left to right. Um, so they definitely dodge left to right if you start shooting in their direction, but they have a cooldown time which allows you to, uh, to eventually hit them. And with the ones that jump towards you, um, I, I, I think it has something to do with, uh, within, with which direction you, you aim as well as a, like a timing cooldown.
1: Okay. Yeah. The frog okay. enemies.
2: Yeah. Yeah, cause I know with
0: the dodging ones that go left to right, I've been trying to plan out how they react to stuff and I'm like, if I just run by real quick without shooting at them, I can get by. And as soon as I get close, they'll dodge right into me and take out a health and it just, it ruins the whole, uh, rest of that game <laughs> for me. Duh.
1: The the enemies that bother me the most are by far the stealth ones that like they don't have a face and they're just like really they they're like such little tanks. They take so much damage but and they're yep. and they're really fast. Those those guys get they always get me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh it games like this like these, it 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 seems like they have to be frustrating up to a certain level. Uh and it's like a very fine balance between uh, being rewarding and being frustrating. But yeah. if it's not frustrating enough, you'll just stop playing after a while because you win all the time. And exactly. If it's not just... rewarding enough, you won't come back to the game either. So it's like a very fine balance. But I, I'd like to think that we're that we're getting pretty close.
1: You really are. That's hilarious that you put it that way. Because I was just going to say it's the reason we're playing is because it's frustrating, <laughs> and we just want to come out on top. Hopefully, not too frustrating. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. No.
0: I know. I know I'm pretty close cause I believe I'm third ranked on block hospital and second ranked in block city. And I haven't even beaten block city yet. Oh, oh nice. Sounds
2: Like, uh, we need to get out of the beta, out of the beta branch on steam and uh, start working on the actual, uh, leaderboards. Definitely. Oh No, no, let me have this confidence. <laughs> let me be proud of something.
1: Oh man. All right, guys. Well, I actually got to, uh, wrap this up now. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug, uh, Remco, or anything you, you want to talk about? Maybe something on the horizon for Triangle Studios. Maybe something exclusive. <laughs> but if not, it's totally cool. Oh
2: well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, so uh, this week uh, we're working. Uh, uh, so what we noticed in, uh, in from space is that we uh, we we're getting some very good responses, but we are not getting the amount of people in the game that we've hoped. Um, so this week we are adding drop-in multiplayer to the game. Um, so so far uh you could host a game and then you had to wait in the lobby for people to join before starting your map uh so with this update you'll just be able to join people who are uh currently into a game And we really hope that it uh allows people to uh, uh to to have a lot more fun right from the get-go and not have to wait a long time for other people uh, for other people to appear in the game and we actually plan to have that update uh, live either Thursday or Friday this week so uh yeah I'm actually really looking forward to that and the results that uh, come out of it. Oh, that's super cool oh okay and oh, and uh, of course uh, uh, last week we did an update with a new map, but uh, we will be adding new maps for uh we aim to add new maps every week for the next six weeks, so uh, we intend to double the amount of uh, available maps uh, uh, within the within the next couple of weeks.
1: Oh, that's super exciting also um are are we gonna
2: see any new enemies? Uh, so far, we have not added new enemies. Uh, we do uh, intend to add new enemies, or maybe even enemy factions, as well as new game modes. But we really want to get a feel for how well the game does, and uh, and and try to uh, try to work on uh, on getting as much people in the game as uh, as we can. But we, I mean, there's a lot of ideas that we that we have left, and uh, I mean, our idea is to just keep keep improving the game and keep adding content as much as uh, as much as possible.
0: Oh man, you don't want us beating these games. <laughs> Adding new maps. I've played for 14 hours and I can't even beat the second <laughs> That's level.
1: That's
2: where I'm at, Bran. <laughs> oh man. Oh, well you geez. can finish it on easy if you want to. No. <laughs> That's what I Never. I might have to try that just to just to get to the other levels. It's it's an escape. We won't we won't be able to see uh any, we we won't we won't we won't say anything. You can do that. It's okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I... it's it's like working out with weights on. Like once you take them off, it's too easy and so. Well, if if you challenge. haven't
2: seen any of the later maps, uh, it's I I do try to unlock them because there are some very cool visual effects, um, some very cool lightning and rain effects in there, and even the uh, the I think the the sixth of the current levels has a very cool uh, uh, magenta feel to it because it's like on the alien world, the alien planet. So you you definitely need to uh, unlock all the levels and get the most out of it.
1: Okay, definitely will oh, okay. do. All right, well, yeah. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today, Remco. It, uh, really, yeah, we really appreciate me. it, and hopefully, maybe we could even have you down the on the show again down the road with some updates on uh, other games and other projects. Sounds great. All right, thanks so much, and yeah. Um, if you wanna if you enjoy our show please check us out on Facebook and Twitter our handles is silence and is there anything you want to say Bren before we sign off
0: check out uh it came from space and our brains it's super addictive and in fury yeah
1: we're gonna have a, a private ABTS server so if you guys want to play with me and Bren you're more than welcome to so just uh yeah message us on Facebook for that but um I guess we'll see you guys next week thanks again remco take care
2: all right bye
1: guys
0: see ya